0: Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events, politics, culture, through the lens of the Christian worldview. But as many lenses have a prismatic effect, each one of us is sitting in a different stream of light or a different chair flowing from that lens. To my right this morning, I have Jennifer. How are you? I've been better. You've been better? She just got in from work. She's at so, least honest. So she, she she's, she's had a long, long day, night at work. Uh, and Jennifer will be sitting in the chair of culture. Yes. So thank you very much. Dealing with the culture and the counterculture that we need to bring to this world. And to her right, we got Mr.
1: Charlie. Good morning. How you doing, sir? We are doing great. We have had a wonderful Thanksgiving and we're ready to... Finish out the year and get strong on the next one. Excellent. Most
0: excellent. And you'll be sitting in the chair of? I think we'll do theology today. At most excellent. And to his right, we got Josh.
2: Hello. Good, sir.
0: How's it going? It's going good.
2: Thanksgiving was good. Work was not that bad this week in terms of workload. It's always great, but workload wasn't that bad at all this week.
0: Hopefully not. This man is on call 24-7-366 on those off years. All right. And even when it's not, he still puts in an extra one. So he'll be sitting in the chair of?
2: I'll be sitting in the chair of, I didn't, I, I'm sorry. Politics? Was, yeah, I can sit in the chair of
0: politics. Very That's good. All right. right. So, and yours truly will be sitting in the chair of, philosophy. And of course, I'll be warming the chair of economics. So if uh, Miss Nikki gets in in time, we'll go ahead and throw her the chair of philosophy. But let's go and get into it. If you've read the title of today's podcast, uh, you might have been a little bit triggered. I was when this first came up. When we first started looking at incrementalism, um, this is something that I have always held a both and approach on. You can both pursue incremental anti-abortion laws Regulatory measures and pursue abortion. Uh,
3: pursue banning
0: abortion. Oh, sorry, b- uh, ab- abolition on abortion. Thank you. You know, sometimes my my, <laughs> my brain is running faster than my very slow tongue. Uh-huh. Uh, but thank you. We we want to pursue abolition is ultimately our goal. Now, every baby saved is a baby one. We have celebrated the heartbeat bill in Texas, and here we've celebrated uh, sanctuary cities uh, mm-hmm. for abortion. Okay, so all across the board, we're all the above we're not going to we're not slamming someone or just taking an incrementalist approach but uh, and maybe
1: maybe John Arthur just take a moment to really give a little more context to incrementalism yes it, because it, that's a that's a word that's not been tossed about correct
0: and 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 that's absolutely that's absolutely where we're going next but incrementalism, the practice of one law at a time. We stop them at 24 weeks. We stop them at 20 weeks. We stop them at a, a six-week heartbeat bill, right? We slowly work this back is incrementalism versus abolition. Stop, full stop, this is bad, and someone who commits abortion, whoever they are, they get, they get charged with murder, right? So th- th- those are two different approaches, And we've we've got some interesting stories to share today. But before we do, um, is there anything wrong with saving a life right now? In in defense of incrementalism, in defense of incrementalism, we're going to see where it leads, though. We're going to see where incrementalism leads, if not followed through. Going around the room, chair of culture, is incrementalism necessarily bad for the culture?
3: Uh, No, it's not necessarily bad, but I think something that we're going to touch on is that the incrementalism that we're seeing today is fundamentally not rooted in Christianity. They are intentionally secularizing the fight to end abortion for various reasons that I'm sure we'll talk about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can create a culture of inconsistency. That is the big problem. Moving over to the chair of theology. What is a, is there a theologically sound rubric that someone can take that it comports with the Bible and it says we can regulate abortion incrementally out of and, and phase it out? Oh wow! Or is that is that potentially antithetical to the Bible? What's your take?
1: Boy, there's so many different things to bring out here. I think one of the most important things is that we have all been created in, in the image of God, and that's first and foremost. That That is foundationally biblical. Where you go from there in terms of defending the avenue that you're going to try to win this issue of abortion, that becomes a little more of a challenge in terms of being, I can point to this verse and I can point to this verse. I think you have to take the totality of the word and really study it to get to a point where you can you can make an argument like that i do appreciate some of the arguments that have been brought out especially by uh some that that agree with incrementalism i am inhibiting a little bit of evil every day and in that vein yes that works i would agree with jennifer on her comment the incrementalism that we see today probably not rooted in a biblical basis so and that might be why we're still 50 years in the making and and you know and we touched on this before we started this podcast and this is really this is what's disheartening to me the local new testament church and i'm talking an individual body of believers i'm not even talking about southern baptists i'm not talking about catholics i'm not talking about the, the Episcopalians, or, or, or pick your favorite. We can't even agree in a body about where to stand on abortion. Because we that do- is sick. Because mm-hmm. we don't have a good theology. That is exactly right. We don't have a good
0: theology. That informs a good th- philosophy. Yep. And on down the chain. Yep. Moving over to the chair of politics. Some people say that I'm pro-life
4: personally but not politically. Does that comport at all? No. <laughs> so,
0: elaborate. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, so. I mean, I mean the <laughs> swish. Good let, job. <laughs> let, let, let's,
2: let's elaborate on that. Can you hold the personal view of pro-life, but not support it politically? That would be an inconsistency, and you would have to ask yourself, why is there this inconsistency? And... If you get down to it, and it and it exists because it sounds too harsh, or it, you, if you go into it with a defeatist mindset, I guess that could also be another thing that yes. plagues. Is that it's like, oh, well, this will never happen because we will never get consensus agreement on this with certain political parties. But should that stop you from pursuing that political action?
1: Mm, boy, amen. can somebody say Wilberforce?
0: Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's the heart of the matter, isn't it? where do we want to go do we want to stop abortion in our lifetime mm-hmm. look we we have 60 million is a conservative number for the amount of babies murdered since the 1970s mm-hmm. that is a conservative number guys that that's that's the russian oppression of their own people that is mm-hmm many times the holocaust that's five times the holocaust
3: yeah and i will say that that is that is the argument that i find most persuasive against incrementalism um one of the sources that we have today described it like this they were talking to someone who was for incrementalism they said listen you are now getting you're pushing incrementalism because you because you say that that's the only way it's going to work but that's you being involved in outcomes.
0: And, 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 and outcomes, yes.
3: there is the realm of God, which that's, that's a tough argument to. Who's
0: our, who's think our salvation? Who, who, who is our salvation? Who's the source? Mm-hmm. And so, from the f- a philosophical chair, where are we going? Do we actually want to stop abortion? Or are we in this fight for the sake of being in the fight? And onto the economic chair. I'm going to say something very ugly. And if you support right to life, understand this is not at you. Okay? However, I want to make something clear. If you are a dragon slayer by trade, and you slay all of the dragons... What do you have for a trade? If you are a pro-life org that defeats not only abortion but also euthanasia and also all these other measures, what do you have left? I, that's not an accusation yet, but you're going to hear it as we move forward.
2: So we have a we. Oh, we that's very sim. Um, sorry to jump in, but politically speaking. I reminds or this would be lawfully speaking, whenever you saw the the riots that happened in in summer of twenty twenty, you would see these funds pop up, like the Minnesota Freedom Fund, or where there was thirty million dollars invested into that fund and yet the bails were only a hundred thousand. And when people were asking about, okay, but what are you gonna do with the rest of the money? We 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 did all the bails.
4: Mm-hmm. Crickets.
2: Oh, we're going to be using that for future bales. And when you looked at the math for it, that was enough money to spend on bales for three lifetimes.
0: It's not for bales. By the way, I've, I've been to D.C. I've worked in, in some of this nonsense. Your your money, your, your email money for building the wall, I, I met <laughs> one of the people who was responsible for that. She flew all over the U.S., stayed in $10,000 per week hotels, Flew private business jets, spends it all away, and then when she's done, she goes on to the next grift. Okay? That's what people do with your money, well, uh, unless you're very, very responsibly picking your orgs to, mm-hmm. to give to. But for right now, I want to move on to the next segment. We have a link in, down in the description for, for an Appalachia uh, video. This is an interesting one. I don't fully line up with these guys on everything but they they bring some incredibly interesting points and it's it, it's a video on ultrasound i encourage you to look at it but i want to go to our um subject <laughs> matter expert here we have nurse jennifer well, i
3: don't do ultrasounds but
0: but but she's familiar enough yes with the technology as am i but from actually from from an engineering standpoint yes but Jennifer. These heartbeat bills demand that you take an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Can an ultrasound, how difficult is it actually to aim the probe so that you see the baby and that you see what the baby is and doing and what the baby is doing?
3: I wouldn't necessarily say that it's difficult to do it properly, but it is extremely easy to do it improperly. So this video that we'll have available, just you can see it, she does it right in front of you. She takes an ultrasound properly and an ultrasound improperly of the same woman, same day, same. Like she's just sitting on the table. One of them, you can see the jaw moving. It's, the baby is moving its legs, its mouth. It, you can see the outline of it clearly. His or umbilical her. Cord. Yes, his or her. And she moves the probe half a centimeter. She messes with one setting on the ultrasound machine and Yes, she can point to the baby, but it's some weird like cross section. Well, you and... have to
0: understand what is an ultrasound. It is a cross section. Yes, it's an ultrasonic. You know, uh, you're you sending send a sound signal, waves, and you get one back. Yeah, and you read that like an echo, kind of. It's like an X-ray or like a microscope.
3: Yes, so you can see pictures, but you have full control over what that picture shows. So if you don't want to show the mother the face. Or the fingers and toes, or you know the the whole outline. I mean, you can see the whole profile of the baby, and you move it one degree, or you mess with one setting, and it's a you know just a gray blob. And yeah, clumpus she cells. she points to it and says that's the baby, but it doesn't look like anything. So, cells. Yeah. So so wait, cells.
0: but Jennifer, isn't that attributing intent? What motive could someone have for falsifying an ultrasound? Uh, money. Well. Elaborate on there. Let's say that you have an abortion clinic yes, and a woman comes in so, and, and the bill.
3: Yes. So with, the, with the, 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 the claim of the bill is that when the mother sees this ultrasound, 95% of them will say, oh my gosh, that's a baby and they'll turn away. But that only happens if the ultrasound looks like a baby. And if somebody is explaining to them that this is an actual baby. If the people who are going to get paid for the abortion have to do this ultrasound and they move the probe half a centimeter and take this horrible picture that we talked about, the woman's not going to have any emotional connection to that child.
0: And boom, the clinic just made 500 to $5,000 or $10,000, depending upon which locale you're in. Mm-hmm. Because you're doing what? You're trusting killers to tell?
3: The truth. Yeah.
4: So let's think about that for a moment. Chair of politics, these bills, I would say that they're, they're good incrementally,
0: but let, let, let's talk about that. When we looked at the heartbeat bill, you actually said, it's great, but it's incomplete. It's a half measure. Mm-hmm. What kind of measures should we be pursuing as children of
2: God? If your goal is to protect innocent life because you want to uphold the Bible and what it teaches, then getting rid of abortion completely would be your end goal because that would protect innocent life in that regard, specifically in regard to the unborn children. But if you say, but and this is what I would say, it's not bad when new laws get passed to lower the, the weeks in which you can get an abortion. That's not a bad thing. That is, Agreed. A, that is a very, very, very good thing. And I'm happy when it happens,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but very much so, like what John Arthur said and what I said a couple of weeks or a long time ago, it was incom- it's incomplete. I hope that that's not your end goal because if that is your end goal, then it looks really sus because it looks like you're politically motivated more than theologically motivated and I it, think that
1: what the point you guys just brought up there, I think is really so let's worth roll emoting. over
0: let's roll over to the theological chair sure. for just a moment oh, yeah. the, and then we'll come back around this way um. What has God commanded us to do versus what have we done? And, 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 and the road that got us here, I understand it, but
1: go ahead. Well, protecting life is first and foremost. We can see that right from the very beginning. When Cain killed Abel, there were some severe repercussions on that. And it didn't stop there. I mean, there, it, it, when you read all throughout the first five books of the Bible, you will see God incrementally, if you will, deal with this issue of murdering. Another person. I want to read something from Ecclesiastes eight eleven. This is really interesting because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Mm. You know, it's amazing to me that this nation, um, and I'm not sure how we got to the point where we thought that abortion was okay um, back in the in the seventies, but we did, and. And the problem is, is that it has been 50 years since that time. And now, what have we got? We've got a nation that's set in their heart to do evil. And the fight against that tide is really, really hard. I think this is a great case study of why not to let evil even get started. It, It really is. And we, you know, for all the people out there that say, here's another one for you how about the marijuana movement? Boy, we could we could go a little while on that. Um, how about alcohol? Let's let's just talk alcohol for a moment. You know, there's a lot of these things that we have in our society today that really we've allowed in and we are paying a price for.
0: Well, so I've let, delved let into my, the alcohol issue, and I know that's let, gonna let my libertarian side bristle a little bit and say that you should punish <laughs> bad behavior. You should not punish bad things because no things are bad. Bad people do bad things. Yep. But but you, you you're right in this that we've allowed this to creep in, yes. and the and the church culture has done nothing to to fight it, against mm-hmm. it. And even and worse, that's the big point. And even worse, we have compromised mm-hmm. this incremental approach. What has that done to our culture? Because now we we, we hear people who say we we know that it's a baby Mm -hmm. and we don't care, it's an unwanted baby. What kind of culture have we generated with this incrementalism?
3: I said it last week that we've developed a pathological self-love. And I think that that applies here today as well. When people get to that point of, I know it's a baby and I'm going to kill it anyway, they're doing it for convenience. They're do I mean I, I was watching YouTube the other day and I got an ad for Planned Parenthood. Yay. And and it was exactly what you said. She walked on and she said, I found out I was pregnant at 19. That's the same age when my mother had me, and look how you know, look how she turned out. I wanted to go to school. Mm. I didn't want to give up my career. Thank goodness for Planned Parenthood. I mean that was their ad. They're they're just blatant about it. And and I think that this incrementalism in the church has sort of softened Christians to it because they see, you know, people pursuing a 20-week ban. and, And it's almost subconsciously when there's no hard line drawn by the pastors or the elders it sort of creates this like subconscious well maybe it's not that bad i mean you're you're allowing some of it That's, to happen. you know That's a game cr-
0: show up do you know how many people show up to abortion clinics uh, i wish heiko was in here today uh, we 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 have a friend who 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 did the abortion ministry mm-hmm. and he said do you realize how many of those people were christians they had bibles in their, yes. in, their mm-hmm. in their in their yes. windshield yeah. guess what there's a lack of leadership in mm-hmm. the pastorship there is a lack of leadership in the pastorship. And when we take this incrementalist approach, mm-hmm. well, the baby can't feel pain. When?
3: Is that, hold on, is that the standard?
1: Oh, amen. What if oh, what, great so, question. So, so
0: if you're in a coma, if, if you're in a coma and you can't feel pain and I decide to stab you in the face, mm-hmm. is that cool? I think we would all argue no. Yeah. But let's go over to the chair of philosophy here. When you say it's okay at six weeks to kill the baby in the womb, that means that there is a sliding value in scale for that child. That Mm -hmm. child's life, if it's not at uh, at conception, if it's not at conception, there's a sliding scale. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that child's life becomes worth more and more and more. What's to stop it from coming out of the womb? What if What if you don't want your three-year-old? Can mm-hmm. you turn your three-year-old in for destruction? Yes.
3: Any Any line that you draw other than conception is fundamentally arbitrary.
0: It's arbitrary and, and it's not a slippery slope argument. We have folks in Europe. We want to talk about 1930s? No, let's talk about 2000 teens where we have folks in Europe who said, no, no, don't kill me. I don't want to die. Old folks sitting in their bed and their child who wants the inheritance is saying, yep, give him the injection to the doctor. And while the person is on the bed saying, I do not want to die, the doctor and the child who's now looking for the inheritance mm-hmm. kills their own parent. We got a problem. That mm-hmm. is the crux of the issue.
3: Or parents who are... Fighting tooth and nail to save their child. Everyone in the situation yes, wants yes. the child to live and the government says no.
0: Like several cases in Great Britain. We've yep. seen several of these. So when you draw a line anywhere other than this is a human life, it, this, this life deserves our full protection, philosophically, you have lost because theologically you are lacking culturally, economically, and politically, mm-hmm. you will also fail. You have to have good theology on this. You have to have good theology. And on the economics chair, just in short, that value, that value is there. And guess what? That value is also there when the child is dead because do you, how much money do aborted fetuses go for, aborted babies, babies who've been chopped up. Do you, do you, do you remember what that number I is? I can't
3: remember the number, but it's- It's, it's between
0: 500 to 2,000 per ounce, depending upon the place where you are. Yep. We're selling that, that, that 30-week-old baby. They grind it up, and they use that fetal tissue for experiments for things like mm-hmm. current vaccines that we're looking at, things that mm-hmm. were uh, further gene therapy. And
3: guys, this is not some Alex Jones kooky stuff. You can just just Google this. It's out in the open. No, they're not hiding it.
0: And you look at Project Veritas. They've they, long ago. It was scandalous when they broke it. We have lost the scandal of this.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Congratulations, folks. You are the Star Trek nonsense, stupid, weird culture that uses. You know that that, that your your soylent green type culture that degrades and uses humans. As 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 objects,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know you, you you use it in the flavor for Pepsi. You use you know you use fetal tissue to to develop cultures that are then used there. You use it for vaccines. You, we're using it for gene therapy. By the way, twenty three andMe, interesting fact. They've just come out and said, oh yeah. By the way, we collected all of your genetic data. Guess what? We're working on uh, um, medicine with this. Definitely not bioweapons, I promise. Um, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that off we on We don't the side. have a
3: registry of all of you and your home addresses and your DNA on file for the government. No, 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 no. It's fine.
0: That'll never get used improperly. Nope. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, on see the Australia
3: topic. having actual concentration camps today. Just, just a thought.
0: Just a note. So with, with that said, let's move, uh, let's move on to the next thought here. I said earlier that I'm not making accusations against right to life yet. I'm just going to read this article from 2018. And I want you guys to, or, or better yet, Jennifer, do you want to get the article in the, uh, in, in the, in the show, Matt? Uh, right to life betrays babies, blocks congressional vote on pro-life heartbeat bill.
3: Yes. Is there a specific part you want me to read?
0: I would actually say go ahead and read the whole thing.
3: Okay. Uh, Washington, January 18th, 2018. Congress announced the pro-life bill it will pass on the 45th anniversary of Roe v. Wade it is not a bill to prevent abortions, but rather one which merely prohibits an abortionist's second attempt on a child's life in the event their first attempt fails and the child survives. Rather than pass H.R. 490, the heartbeat bill, to protect every child whose heartbeat can be detected, Congress chose instead to pass the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, H.R. 4712, which won't prevent a single abortion why wouldn't a pro life congress pass the bill 170 co sponsor with 170 co sponsors which is closest to ending abortion the answer national right to life
4: pause just simper just dwell on that for just a second yeah national right to life go
0: ahead and keep going
3: As Congressman Steve King tweeted yesterday, National Right to Life Committee is working against 129 pro-life groups, 129 pro-life groups leaders to block a vote on H.R. 490, my hashtag heartbeat bill ending abortion. In today's Washington Times op-ed, former Majority Leader Tom DeLay stated, Today, National Right to Life, the only national group that doesn't support the Heartbeat Bill's substantial protection for unborn children, thinks success is to kill only a million children a year. DeLay added, We reject the establishment's approach. We also reject those who have the thoughtlessness to continue it. DeLay said, We have more than enough blood on our hands, and Congress has the means to stop this loss in nearly every case. For six years, Ohio Right to Life fought Ohio's Heartbeat Bill harder than Planned Parenthood. And when it finally passed, they stood with the abortion industry in calling for a veto of the nation's most protective pro-life law, stated Janet Porter, president of Faith to Action, who initiated both the state and congressional heartbeat bills. And now, national right to life is the one obstacle standing in the way of protecting nearly a million children with beating hearts each year.
0: That's good. The rest is opinion, but that's the meat.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, By the way, if I'm not mistaken right to life was standing there with the ohio clapping. governor clapping while it was signed
3: the bill that they had been fighting against get out mm-hmm.
4: you have that's,
1: no you have no place you, you, you spoke a word before the podcast started that was really good that's grifting that is grifting of the of the utmost they are going around saying they're going to build
0: the wall flying right. on jet private jets moving place to place, moving to D.C., Mm -hmm. doing everything they can, living a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. And when they're done with this grift, they'll go on to the next. Time to end the grift. Yeah. Chair of politics. I want to move to you. When we are looking at measures to stop the loss of life, the loss of innocent life, incrementalism, just, and some of this is a little bit philosophical, should the christian be about incrementalism and if they are at all what should their approach come from should it come from the scriptures or should it come from a man-made philosophy
2: with incrementalism i don't think you should be about incrementalism i think you should be about protecting innocent life and a part of that is ending abortion and if incrementalism is the way to that so far which i'm not saying is the correct way i think you should just go outright and say that no no we're going to get rid of this and we're going to try to pursue political litigation to try to get rid of this instead of incrementalism but if you achieve incremental measures along the way it's not like i said it's not bad but it's not the end goal but also at the same time an important thing to remember about politics is that it is about telling stories and Typically, the people who tell the best stories are the people who win. And
1: there, you know what? There, I think there's some strong truth to that. Mm-hmm. Keep but, elaborating. But,
2: but, but this is my point. Going to convenience, going to what's the percentage of abortions that are out of convenience?
0: 90-something percent.
2: It, it's, it's 90-something percent of abortions. It's even higher than that. It's something closer to 98. 97 percent of abortions mm-hmm. are out of convenience. And when you think about that number and you hear and you'll hear the people in the politic the political realm try to say well no we 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 want abortion to be legal so that instances of this are okay, but is that really the reason why you want right. that to be legal Now that might genuinely be a reason and a concern, and I could see that being a genuine concern, but at the same time, let's look at the common person to see who supports this measure to see it. Let's go to that high school valid Victorian a while back mm-hmm. who, when you listen to her speech, very telling what, her, what the motive is. It is, I won't be able to pursue my future.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to hold me back. It's going to inconvenience me. Because guess what? It's not a human. Mm-hmm. It, and that, that right
0: there is the crux of the matter. Do our laws and the laws we bring out reflect an attempt to inhibit evil? Or to incrementally work our our strategy. Because guess what? By the way, both of those bills were incrementalist bills. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Both of those bills were incrementalist bills. And who's fighting against it? The ones who say that they're incrementalists. Mm -hmm. Moving Mm -hmm. over to the chair of theology. How do we get to this point where we're fighting this fight, which is a righteous fight? The right to life has been fighting a righteous fight. However standing against an incrementalist bill. What's going on with the theology there?
1: I, I, I'm not sure there is theology there. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's self-serving. <laughs>
2: and could I offer up a political, under political opinion if I could interject? Mm-hmm. Problem is there's too, many, there's too much money in politics. Mm-hmm. And because there's too much money in politics, you have people who, like you said, John Arthur at the beginning, are financially incentivized Do not push forward a full Mm -hmm. repeal on abortion laws that are currently in place. I think there's too much money in abortion. And and, and Mm -hmm. so what you have right now is you have these people. On both sides. Yeah. You have these people who, by the way, they made it very flat out known in this instance that they don't care about ending abortion. That Mm -hmm. they care about incrementally ending abortion, which already tells you that you shouldn't be supporting these people. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to say that we can't forgive these people, but to say that you should not support these people in trying to pass legislation that is going to be with the end goal of protecting innocent lives because they don't care about protecting innocent and lives. And where are the pastors, theologically? I, well, I want
0: to go to the theological chair. Where are the pastors who say, wait a minute, these were both incremental bills. What is wrong
1: with you? This, this is the problem that we have in churches today with pastors. They are nervous to bring out something like this and they lose A third of their congregation, and because the congregation doesn't necessarily agree on this issue with him, and when that happens, what you're doing is you're saying I'm more concerned about my income or potential lack thereof, or getting booted out of this church than I am withstanding with what's right. That's what's happened. When's the last time that you've actually gone to church and heard a message on abortion? It's. Hello, and a long time. hello, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet, in the last fifty years, we, well, I shouldn't say last fifty years, last many years, in the month of January, we have one day that we nail as pro-life day, and, and we we, still, we don't we still can't get past it just pause on it. Mm-hmm. pause. What
0: in nineteen thirties Germany? What was the one thing they were not allowed to talk about? the state-run churches. They mm. were not allowed to talk about the treatment of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Guess what we're running today? If you're in a 501c3 wow. church, you have to understand what a company is. A little bit of economic chair popping in. You have to understand what a, what a company is in the United States. It is a fiction developed for the purpose of doing business. That is what a company is. A 501c3 mm-hmm. church is a company yep. that has been formed under the United States government, and as part of that formation, you have agreed, all of your members have agreed to shut up about politics. You have all agreed to shut up about politics. If you are a 501c3 church member, mm-hmm. you have agreed to not talk about it. Under the penalty of,
1: you can, you can lose your tax-exempt status. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that right there, I think, and that's why I say, this abortion issue is not an issue that's that's hard to solve it's very easy to solve we just got a lot of people that don't want to they don't want to ruffle feathers you
2: have to exactly what you said ruffling feathers you have to be okay with accepting the title of being an extremist mm-hmm. and yeah. that because that's the way that the culture is going to paint you yes is being an extremist but my thing is if if you if you yourself are taking morals from the bible that are, by the way, currently present, and you, you embrace those ideas from the Bible, that means that even if you don't believe the Bible, you acknowledge that the Bible holds truth to some degree. Now, mind you, they don't acknowledge it as absolute truth, but mm-hmm. they acknowledge that the Bible holds truth. So that means that if I come to you and I say, well, I don't support abortion, in fact, I am completely avidly against abortion, and it's on the basis of the Bible, which, by the way, you get some of your morals from, then this book isn't bad, and it's not, I'm not an extremist. I'm a man who stands up for the innocent. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would advocate, too, that for you pastors that might be out there listening to this podcast, this is a really, it's a volatile subject. I would submit to you that Jesus had a very small church, we're going to call it 11, 12. And he wasn't afraid about losing people. And I would advocate to you that you should be stepping into your pulpits and nailing this issue and not be concerned if you only have 12 people left when you're done. Because guess what? God
0: can use 12 people. 12 people. Amen. God said, "You and, and, and something that Apollosia brought out, God said twenty thousand, too many. Ten thousand, too many, three hundred. Now I can be glorified. Mm-hmm. Moving over to the chair of culture. What kind of what kind of culture
4: have we created in the wake of this?
3: It's it's a culture of just utter confusion. Christians are confused because they're trying to merge Christianity and what the world is doing and they are fundamentally opposite things and people who are not christians are confused because they are hearing on one side just the world's garbage and on the other side a very confused christianity who's there's there's not a clear dichotomy of Christian culture and worldly culture. So people who may be searching for something different than the worldly culture, they don't have anything to go to that looks different than the world.
4: Man, man, just just simmer on that.
3: Yeah, I mean it just. If, if there's a girl out there who's considering abortion and really struggling with it in her heart and she goes to a church and they are watered down on the topic,
4: Ooh, what wow. have you just done?
3: As, what have we done as Christians?
4: Wow. If the watchman if on not, the wall...
3: Yes, if she does not receive loving but firm truth...
0: If the watchman on the wall does not speak and harm comes forth... On whose head will the I was blood say, be? The Watchman. Yeah. Guess what, pastors? Guess what, mm-hmm. church members?
3: Yes. Church members in lo- If your pastor or pastors in general are not stepping up,
0: you do it. You've got to hit. Come up to the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to come up to the plate, and you gotta and you gotta start batting. That that that's something that you have to be in the business of dealing in unmitigated truth. Mm-hmm. If you don't chair philosophy here, just moving over. If you do not hold to the standard, which is the theological standard, your philosophy is meaningless. And the world sees this. The world sees this. They see that you are useless. You are a limp wristed Christian. If you do not fall back onto your theology. By the way, I'm not coming at you if 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 you if, if, you, if you if you feel like I'm like I am, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm coming at myself as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. I told I said at the beginning of this podcast, I was a little triggered when this first came up. I really had to examine myself. Incrementalism, of course it's good. It's the smart way. It's the wise way. We gotta be wise about the world. We gotta understand that we can't change it over time. That was my thought.
4: What does God do? When, when, when God does something, does he do it small and incrementally? No.
0: I, I think he, he breaks down the doors. You, he, he is a bunker buster when it comes to his methodology. When God speaks, it
1: happens. When you look at uh, William Wilberforce and the way that he approached the slave trade, he just went time after time after time after time. He wasn't looking for compromises. He was looking for outright abolition.
0: But that bill won't pass. I mean, if we just, if we just say you can't take this type of African, if you can't just take this type of Irish, you can't just take the... We'll, we'll, we'll limit it to just blacks. No more Irish. Mm-hmm. Or we'll limit it just to this part of Africa. Mm-hmm. You can only take slaves from this part of Africa. Nope. What, what, what would that have sounded like? Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Oh, maybe it won't pass. Guess what?
1: How many times did William Wilberforce go before the House? It was a lot. He spent years fighting that. His life. Wilberforce spent his life going before Parliament. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: And he he died shortly after seeing it come to pass. (laughs) He was no longer in the fight. Not, That's right. Not, not he was That's not right.
0: physically able to get up and go yep. to see the fight.
4: Yep. Who are we? What are we? What
1: are we doing? And I think to Josh's point earlier, we're not telling the story right.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm I want to be careful here. I'm not I'm not trying to minimize this to a child's story. That's not the issue. What I'm saying is. Narrative. We not the narrative is it's not. All right. about narrative. Guess what? Yep.
0: Conservatives are bad with
1: narrative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. We have the best storyteller as our model.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We should be good at narrative. Why are and Christian movies so terrible? Can
3: I just say in terms of the narrative, one quick point? So this the Apologia studios, they go a little farther than I would in, in wanting to actually prosecute women. And one of the arguments they bring up is because, well, in our modern day and age, they know better. But because of the control of the narrative, I actually don't agree with that.
0: I agree 100%. You have to say, and, 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 and this will be in the article on, on provokedoreason.com.
3: Yes. It's if you not wa- a passive misinformation. It's an active, they are trying to confuse these women.
0: If you, if you want to write in an amnesty for X amount of years when you pass a bill, there has to be a penalty for killing your own child. There has to be. Yes. But if you want to pass an amnesty mm. that says, after, at this date, at this time, no you cannot commit an abortion because it is murder. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But you got to clarify it. You have to clarify it. One of the things that I think some, some pro-lifers who go to quote unquote go too far, they do not clarify. They say, it's mm. murder, it's murder, it's murder. Yes. But they have to know that it's murder. They have to understand that. Okay. And you cannot retroactively prosecute 20 million women or however many the number is you can't you can't do that you cannot do that that's not restoration Mm
4: -hmm.
0: and most of these women do not know Mm -hmm. you hear like 90 percent anecdotally i don't know the number but 90 percent of the women that i hear that talk about abortion after having it and said they changed they said the moment they saw the blood go into the vacuum and they heard the sucking noise like they realized my Mm -hmm. god what have i done yeah
4: if i could say
1: one more thing for our our pastors you know it's it's on you to help lead this effort and push it please don't be looking at your own and I'm going to be a little hard here please don't look at your self-serving statistics this is about what's right and about what's wrong and the local new testament church has lost sight of what's wrong and we've accepted wrong as right but we've sure accepted
0: large numbers in the pews in bigger barns in bigger bigger yes. buildings look if you have a big church i'm not saying that that's immoral mm. what i will say however is pursuit of that
4: can certainly
0: be yeah. can certainly be a sign that you have your Priorities in verse. And by the way, if you're pastors, if you don't know every member of your congregation, may I humbly suggest to you, it's time for a church split and give it to an associate pastor so that you both or all three or however, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. that you can start to provide one-on-one service. That's what a pastor is. That's what a pastor is. You, you, You shouldn't... Be lost in a sea of Christians when you walk into a church mm-hmm. you should be in a church family with the authority structure around you of accountability
3: mm-hmm. and just quick tack on for that church members reach out to your pastors don't let that be a one-sided relationship
0: amen amen and by the way church pastors you are the coach your congregants are the team so many people think that the past we pay the pastor because he's going to evangelize for us. That is not the purpose of a pastor. Pastor is to train and equip. Church should be a boot camp. With that said, we should be marching forward on subjects like abortion. Just going around the room here, real quick. Chair of politics, just to sort of wrap up the day. This is a little bit short, but we're out of time here. On our on on our end, as of recording this. Chair of politics, incrementalism. It sounds really good at its face. It might be, but when we deal in half measures only, where does that end
4: up politically?
2: In incrementalism. No, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> no. But, but, it is, <laughs> but it does. But that's the point, I guess, is that incrementalism doesn't sound good to the people who know the word because you know that that's not the Bible. You know that incrementalism, thats that's that's just a facade for progress because yes it is progress it actually achieves real progress but the people who push it it's a facade for them because they don't actually want to pursue in the case of the right I'm not speaking for everybody I'm speaking for specifically this group that we talked about today you can tell that it was a facade because they made it quite plainly known because of their fruit because of their fruit they said no we don't want to fully get rid of this because it sounds uncomfortable. Well, I hate to break it to you. You're going to be very uncomfortable in the Christian yes. walk. But that's, that's just, that just comes with the territory. Well, what's even worse? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's an
0: incrementalist approach, but it's too fast. In Ohio. It's too <laughs> fast. And better. We want to milk mm-hmm. this thing for another. I, I've got years for retirement. Okay, now I'm putting words in people's mouth. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stop. Yeah. But it's, it, it's frightening. Yeah. So thank you, Chair of Politics. Moving on to the Chair of Culture, then to Theology. Um, what have we done to the culture with incrementalism? Because the, there is a lasting reproduc- repercussion. You've already touched on this, but just wrap it up into a nice bow.
3: I think the bow is, I'm going to use the Bible, lo and behold. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I think incrementalism lets mm. in a little bit of leaven.
0: A little bit of humanism, a little bit of human reason mm-hmm. over godly reason corrupts your
4: entire culture.
3: Mm-hmm. Let, it, let a couple weeks slide. Maybe the rush isn't so bad.
4: Wow. that's <clears throat> and,
0: and again, it devalues. It's a culture of death. It devalues that human life. That human life has value at conception, full stop. Morning after, not cool. Not cool, ever. Not cool. Because then where does it stop? And by the way, we know where it stops, or rather where it doesn't. It, we go to 1930s Germany. I know I say that all the time, but guess what? They're doing it right now, all over again in Europe. Right now. Mm-hmm. We're watching mm-hmm. it with children, or, you know, do, do I need to remind anyone of Terry Schiavo? You know, those of you who remember that incident. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have all these incidents where they're considered less, worth less, not not worthless, worth just a little bit less. Just therefore, a bit, just enough. Therefore, they're just enough to off them. Same with babies. Same with you when you're old. Watch out, those of you who are pushing abortion now, because when you're old and you're you've devalued life, your children now will kill you for the inheritance, because you're a financial burden. We want some of that money before you eat it all up. By the way, my. My family, my grandparents, they spent the entire of their wealth taking care of their lives. That's where the money should have been spent. But guess what? Some cultures, if you allow this devaluation, you can go ahead and off them because you got to preserve that fam- familial wealth. Yikes. Moving on to the chair of theology. What does the Bible say about life? And is it incrementally important, or is it absolutely a full-stop
1: importance? Well, it's, it, the, the life is in the blood. That's what the Bible says. The life is in the blood. And I go back to the one of the opening comments I made. We are created in the image of God. I have to wonder how much wrath God has stored up for these that are, are committing these acts. I'm not talking about the women who have the abortions there's there's forgiveness there, it's it's available. But for those who have actively sought to profit on this act, I cannot imagine the wrath Amen. that God has stored up. And that's the frightening thing. Woe to be
0: woe to those who harm the little ones. Um this is the John Arthur paraphrase here. It'd be better for them to have a Bed millstone tied around their neck and for them to be cast into the sea. Let me be explicit here really quickly. If you've had an abortion, I'm not your enemy here. We are not your enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we should be. There's forgiveness and there's hope. However, a lot of people will say that I would not have done it had it been a capital murder charge. Because if we were going to be charged for it, it must be wrong. You know what? That really holds philosophically. That holds If it's wrong, it's wrong. And people need to know that it is wrong. We need to say that it's wrong. If we don't say that it's wrong, it's not really wrong, is it? Mm. Do you really believe your philosophical tenets that you bring Mm -hmm. forth? If it is, you would make that illegal. And again, we know why it continues because abortion is an industry to be made money on on both sides. The pro-life side and the pro-death side. With that said, make sure that you are intellectually consistent and that you support organizations that their fruit, as Jennifer said, their fruit is good and true. Thank you so much for listening today. I know this has been a hard topic. Go ahead and um, in the comment section down below and the comment section is on provoked to reason.com. dot uh, Tell us what you thought about today's podcast. If you had an argument that you think we missed, go ahead and throw it on down there. Like, comment, share, subscribe if you liked it. And if you didn't, We love you anyway. Have a
4: wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.